Hello and welcome to the Success Unscrambled podcast. My name is Albert. You're very welcome to the podcast today. The focus of today's podcast is all about SEO and it's really exciting. The title, it's the title of the, the podcast episode today is SEO as in search engine optimization. So SEO for mommy bloggers, the nine stages of SEO pregnancy. Are you one of those mommy bloggers who know that you need SEO, but you don't know enough about it? Maybe you've been blogging for more than a year now, but you keep procrastinating when it comes to implementing SEO strategies for your blog. Some mommy bloggers complain that SEO is so hard and they hope that one day they would get a chance to understand it. You see, many bloggers struggle with SEO because they're going about it the wrong way for someone who just wants to rank a keyword or a blog post. Many get lost in the sea of SEO jargon and they hear words like keywords, H1 tags, H2 tags, meta description, keyword and URL, and optimized images. And they are like, mm, that doesn't sound like English or whatever language they're saying it in. Especially when it is not as complex as having a baby. If you're a mother and you already had a baby, then SEO is a breeze. In this particular podcast, I'm going to spend some time showing you how to make SEO relatable and how you can compare it with pregnancy. You see, the nine stages of, of, of uh, pregnancy compared side by side with SEO. And my hope is that you realize that this SEO thing can be as simple as you want it to be. So what is SEO anyway, just in case you've never heard of the term? Ah, well, I know I've explained it before in another podcast and on my blogs. Um, but just in case you don't know what it is, here's the definition again in my, my paraphrased version. SEO is the acronym for search engine optimization. In terms of a definition, it is just the art of optimizing your web content. And the, re the goal of this optimization process is to get your content to rank in the search engine results page, aka Google, or it's called SERP for short, so that it is visible to your prospects or your audience. The techniques used to optimize web content has a lot of technical names that can be foreign, but a common language um, was needed for this particular skill. So here is a brief glossary for all of the on-page SEO techniques. First one is H1 tag, as an H and the number one, H1, H1 tag. The most important title of your blog post at the top that tells search engines what it is about is called an H1 tag. It is normally surrounded by, I put the symbol there in the show notes, so it's H1 with sort of um, angular brackets around it and then another H1 at the end with a slash in it. So you just have to go to the, the show notes because it's really hard to explain in a podcast. And this particular um, code is actually not visible when you're writing your blog post. It's actually only visible in the background, which is in the, the code section of your blog. The next one then is H2 tag. It's the second most important uh, title or titles because they normally appear in subheadings. So you'll have your main title and then you'll have subheadings all the way throughout your blog. And the subtitles are, are under uh, the code H2, H2 tags. Again, not very visible when you're writing your blog posts, um, but you can see it if you go into the, the section called text or the back of um, that shows you the code of the page. Next up, obviously H3 tags. Uh, third most important title. And these are again in um, subtitles. So you have your main title, you've got subheadings, and then you might have a subtitle under those subheadings. And that's what you place in your H3 tags. And, and they are normally surrounded again by codes H3 with brackets, etc. You'll see the rest of it in the show notes. And again, not visible uh, in the um, when you're writing a blog post. Next up on the list is your H4 tag. And you're probably wondering by now, how come they have so many tags? Well, you have to remember that search engines are 
um, run by using this particular sort of um, computer robots called um, spiders. And spiders uh, are used to control the sort of um, technology behind the, the Google algorithm. And because spiders can't actually read human language, they read the code. So you need to have all these tags to tell the spiders where does this sit in terms of um, the importance within the blog post. And that's really all it is. So when you look at it, you're writing a Word document, you would have the main heading in your Word document, and then you'd have subheadings. And under the subheadings, you might have another sort of subtitle. And then you probably have um, bullet points within your Word document. The bullet points within the Word document is what you put in your H4 tags, although some people put H H3 tags around those as well. So the H4 tags, again, fourth most important, and you found in normally in a list of items. So bullet points or maybe an A, B, C, D, E, or one, two, three, four, five. Normally you put those in H4 tags. And you can just highlight it, go up to the top where it says um, paragraph and all the different tags, and you just um, select what kind of tags you want around it when you're editing your blog post. So that's not so hard, is it, so far? It's just like a Word document, except the coding that they use in the blog posts are called H1, H2, H3, and H4. But in a, in a Word document, you have it as heading, uh, subtitle, sorry, su subheading, uh, subtitle, and list of items, or an ordered list, or an unordered list, or whatever it is. And the H4 tags, the list of items are also called ordered or un unordered list. I'm going to bite my tongue at this rate. <laughs> And that's it. So far, it just sounds like a Microsoft Word document. There we go. Okay, next up on the list, we have your meta tag. Sorry, your meta description. <laughs> so the H1, H1 to H4 tags are called meta tags, just in case you're wondering. They're sort of an overall um, umbrella of meta tags. And then we have the meta description, which is like a summary. So when you write a, a Word document, and uh, the very first page of the Word document, you normally have a summary of describing what this document is all about. The meta description is the same, except it's really important when you go into the meta description that you put um, a description that will um, instill cu curiosity or um, some sort of emotion in the mind of the reader. The reason for that is when you go into this um, to Google search engine and you're looking for um, baby shoes, for example, and you put in a cheap baby shoes and the results show up, you'd see, you notice in the results in the Google search engines, you'd have every result has a, a title, which is sort of in bold. That is the H1 tag. And then under that, it has a little bit of a description. That is a meta description. And that is all it is. And the reason why you want is to instill some sort of emotion in the person who is um, seeing all of these results is that you want them to choose your results as opposed to someone of your, your other competitors' results when they see the results in the search engine or the, the SERPs. So the results page is called search engine results page, SERP, S-E-R-P. So when I say the word SERP, you know what it means. It's just the, the Google page result. So we have page one, page two, page three, page four, page five, and everybody wants to be on page one for a certain, um, for, for various uh, keywords. Which brings me nicely to the next one, which is keyword or key phrase. <laughs> Think of it as a seed word that tell, to tell the humans and bots what your site is all about. So you'll have the description that gives you a much longer version of what the site is all about. Whereas the seed keyword is the main thing that you that your um, that your uh, article, your blog post, your content is all about. For example, this particular uh, podcast, I've written a blog post about it, and my focus keyword is about is for mommy bloggers because this is for all mommy bloggers to understand SEO. Of course, I will have other words in there that's important, um, but yeah. That is, that is sort of, you have to sort of focus on one word and then develop a theme around that word, which goes into your description. And then you develop a whole entire blog post around that. So the blog post then gives the, the story behind that word, because you can have 10 people wanting to write a document about one particular keyword or key phrase, like mommy bloggers. And someone 
would write a totally different story or blog posts for that particular keyword compared to my story. So, you know, it's all very different and that's what makes life so very interesting. All right. So the backbone for every piece of content that you put out on the webs, on, on the interwebs, as you like to say, or uh, for the Google search engines or for people to read online, the very backbone of any piece of content is the keyword or key phrase. Um, that is why you encourage to think of a phrase before you write a blog post, a phrase that you want to this the actual web content, whether it be an article or blog post, what you want it to rank for in the search engine. When people um, are searching, putting this word or search phrase in Google, you want yours to show because yours answers their problem, question, whatever it is, much better than anybody else, say for example. All right, up next, next thing we have on the list is internal link. So internal link um, basically is the art of linking one piece of content in your blog to a next uh, piece of content in your blog. So say for example, you are you have an e-commerce site for one for, for one of a better way of saying. And the e-commerce side that you have sells baby shoes. I know I always talk about lemonade studs, and but now I'm talking about baby shoes because it's all about mommy bloggers. Mommy bloggers are probably not interested in lemonade stands, so bear with me. <laughs> so you're selling baby shoes. And these um, uh, baby shoe, shoes items are in your shop. But next to your shop, on that same site, you've got a blog. And in that blog, you wrote a blog post about different kinds of baby shoes because you sell, say you sell five different varieties of baby shoes. So in that blog post, or you might actually have five different blog posts that talks about baby shoes. Um, all of them different, uh, make some like, like vegan baby shoes, leather baby shoes, you know, different kinds, cloth baby shoes, uh, jeans baby shoes, etc. So you write your first blog post about jeans baby shoes, for example. You finish writing it and then you put a link in that particular blog post back to um, the shop page that talks about jeans, baby shoes, and that's just an internal link. And that is all it is. Think of it like a, I'm trying to think, um, you know, when you write a Word document and the very top of it, you've got a table of contents. I know this is kind of similar, but very different. The table of contents will have all of the, all of the internal links linking to different parts of the actual document that you've written. Whereas the blog post is different You've got all these internal links, but there isn't necessarily a table of contents. Although I see some bloggers actually put table of contents to their document in, in their blog post. Um, apparently it slows down the site, so I don't put it in mine. So it's the same concept. You've got this link that points um, to the particular item of more importance. And normally you point to the, the most important item that you want to rank for that particular keyword. So for example, jeans, baby shoes. You want that page, that sh that um, page with a product on your on your e-commerce site to rank for jeans, baby shoes, and you might have written four different blog posts that references the jeans, baby shoes, because you're doing internal links from those blog posts to that particular item in your shop. Guess what? You're telling the spiders um, and the Google algorithm that you this is the most important um, page content item on your site that needs to rank for the term jeans baby shoes and that is all that it, when it comes to seo jargon and internal linking that is all it represents it's so much easier to explain this on a podcast and to write it in a blog post because it can take forever to explain this i'm so glad i'm doing a podcast but it gets harder from here on in all right so the next one up is keyword in url or keyword in uh url as in, like some people like to call it url so the URL is that thing that tells you what page you need to go to. So www.yourdomainname.com forward slash baby shoes, for example, that's the URL. And you need to have the keyword in the URL. So instead of having www.yourdomain.com forward slash 2018 dash um, or 2019 or 2017 06-12 or whatever it is forward slash you know babies forward slash you know you don't want you you don't want that 
you want it nice and clean cut. You want to make sure the keyword is the only thing that comes after the domain uh, when it is you're setting up your blog post. So www.domainnameyourdomainname.com forward slash baby shoes. That's it. No dashes, hyphens. Of course, baby, shoe, baby and hyphen shoes is, is, is the thing that you have. You can choose to have them all squished together, but um, the spiders prefer the hyphen in between the baby and shoes. But no more other long, long um, name. Like, for example, this particular podcast is SEO for mommy bloggers um, and so on and so on. So I don't want, I don't want the domain name to be or the URL to be mydomainname.com forward slash SEO for mommy bloggers um, and a long, 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 long name. It must be succinct, precise, exactly what I wanted to rank for. Baby, baby shoes, if that's what I wanted to rank for, for me, it's mommy bloggers. That's it. Nothing else added, nothing take away, no ingredients, no um, additives, no preservatives, etc. <laughs> okay, labor that point too much. Next on, we have include the keyword in the title. This, this is super important. So when you have your um, title, the H1 tag, that one I was talking about earlier, you need to make sure you include the keyword in the title. So if your the title of your blog post is um, the remarkable benefits of buying Jane's baby, Jane's baby shoes for your baby, or something to that effect, you want to make sure you have whatever the keyword is, probably baby shoes, uh, in the in the title of uh, of your blog post, and try as much as possible to include it at the very beginning. So you might have the, or you might have amazing, or you might have nine amazing tips, or something else. Try to make sure it's as close as possible to the beginning of that sentence or that title. Next up is include the keyword in your, the first paragraph. So a lot of um, people make the mistake of including the keyword in the first paragraph, but they, or not at all in the first paragraph, but include it probably in the second paragraph. It needs to be in the first paragraph. And again, it's included at the, close to the beginning of the paragraph as much as possible. So it must be within the first 100 words, basically. Next up is keyword density. <laughs> I laugh because it reminds me of science. So this word might bring shivers down your spine as if it remind you of your science class in school where your teacher was talking about what is the density of, and you're like, boring topic, let's move on. Well, <laughs> it might be boring topic, but keyword density when it comes to SEO is just the amount of times the keyword that you want to rank for is included in the content that you've written. That is all it is. And you just need to make, make sure that you've got a percentage about, of about 0 0.5. Some people prefer 0 0.3. Some people prefer 0 0.2. Just make sure it's included at least three times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There's just so many different um, experts in the SEO field who's gotten results. Um, and But the standard practice is 0.5%, which means for every 100 um, words in your blog post, you just need to include it once. That's basically it. Um, yeah. Secondary keywords is next on the list. So if you're putting a lot of work into ranking for one keyword, you might as well spend some time including other keywords in that particular blog post. Hence the reason why the word secondary keywords comes along. You can throw in, you know, as many as you want. Obviously, you don't want to do what you call keyword stuffing, which means just like how you stuff a turkey or chicken or whatever, you don't want to put too much of that particular keyword in the paragraph, but it actually looks like keyword only. But you want to put um, as many other keywords so that that particular blog post can appear in the search engine results page, which is SERP, for seven or eight different keywords. So if someone types in, a keyword, it appears. And if you type in a different keyword, your blog post appears again and then, and so on. And that's the way you get a lot of traffic 
coming over and over again to your blog post. Real simple. All right, so next on the list, we've got LSI keywords. And it might sound as complicated as you want it to sound, but let me tell you, LSI is the acronym for Latent Semantic Indexing. And what that means in layman's terms is the words that the end user, according to Google, right? The words that the end user expects to find in your content that is closely related to your primary keyword. So this is all about the user expectancy or the user intent. So for example, if you go to the uh, Google and type in breastfeeding pump, for example, best breastfeeding pump, what would you expect to find in the results? And when you find what you find, what questions do you want to get answered? So this is where LSI keywords comes in. You don't want to um, go to search, find best breastfeeding, <laughs> breastfeeding pumps. And then you have to go back and find something else that goes with, with that, like breastfeeding cups. You, you want to find all of the things that relates to breastfeeding pumps in that one piece of content. All of your questions answered with one fell sweep. And you can find these LSI terms right at the very bottom of the soup. So when you type in breastfeeding pump or best breastfeeding pump and you see the results in, in the soup, scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see Google has some other suggested keywords there in the bottom. Those are LSI keywords, simples. Next on the list is optimized image. Ensure your keyword is included in the name of your image. So you go in, you create your social media image, so your uh, Instagram image, your 10, 1080 by 1080, you, you create your Pinterest image, you create your Twitter image, you create your Facebook image, and they all look good. And you download it and you upload it to your blog post. And it all looks absolutely fine and dandy. But what you forgot to check is when you download it, say for example, use Canva and um, in Canva, obviously, you need to put in a name of the image. You will, you go in and you put in um, Insta Instagram image for baby shoes post. Done. You download that. What you should do instead is think of, okay, what keyword am I ranking for? What, what keyword do I want that blog post to rank for? Or you might be doing a fresh image um, for an existing blog post. What keyword did I want that to rank for? Okay, and what you can do is include the main keyword as well as the secondary keywords, not all of them in the same image. So if you have several images within um, the blog post, so you have seven different images. So you put label one with the keyword, another one with one of the secondary keywords and so on. So you put, make sure you include as, as many keywords as possible among all of the images that you have there, obviously. You can only put so many keywords because you only have so many images, but try your best and, and you know, include as many as possible. Next up is page speed. Right. So this particular one, you're not going to have as much control over it as you would like to. But your speed, your page speed, your page speed is basically the length of time that it takes for your page to load once a user clicks over. So say a user goes in, types in um, breastfeeding, best breastfeeding pump in the search results, and they come down and they see your particular post and it is amazing. They're like, oh, I love, I love that description. Sounds just like me. And they click through. And it takes forever to load for them to see the result. That is not good. What you would like to have um, or to aim for is three seconds or less. Um, not only does it affect the user experience, it also affects um, your bounce rate as well as your rankings. So it has a sort of knock-on effect. So as a user, the user will get fed up and they might click the back button. Then it will trigger something within the Google algorithm that you've got a high bounce rate which will eventually trigger 
Google to push your, your results page, your results in the page down. So if you, for example, you are a result number three, position number three, you would want, because of your slow site, Google will keep pushing it down. It's number four, number five, number six, number seven. By the time you know it, you're on page two because your site is too slow. So yeah, just find a good web, website host and keep the page loading time to three seconds or less. Next up, we've got Domain Authority or DA. It is a number that's assigned to your domain name. So when you just buy a fresh domain name, it probably has a DA of zero. <laughs> but over time, as people as, as it's being used and it gains credibility among um, the online world, Google will assign a number between zero and 100 to your domain, your domain name. And there are lots of other factors that, that, that causes it to get, or that gives you a DA of whatever your DA is. So say, for example, you start off and then in six months time, after you've passed the Google Sandbox, okay, forget the Google Sandbox, I don't want to confuse you, but I'll just say this. Every brand new domain name goes into what we call a Google Sandbox um, before it can get ranking in the search engines. Of course, if you bought a, a, a domain name from an auction, it might not be brand new. It might be three years old, but that's different. But a brand new domain name always goes into a sandbox for six months or so. And then Google lets it out of this particular sandbox and it starts, it starts getting um, a domain authority assigned to it. All right. It means that if you have a DA of 30 or, or more, you have a higher chance of ranking for your desired keyword compared to someone who has a DA of 10. So all of the popular um, websites you can think of tend to have a DA of, like for example, Huffington Post, they'll have a DA of 70 or 80 or 90 or something like that. You just go in and have a look at it. I've included a link in the show notes where you can go and check your domain authority. It's on the Moz website. You would need to create a free account to see. All right. So I think at this point, I've included everything. So as to why um, SEO is, well, I've included all of the, the sort of glossary items. So let's now look at why SEO is important. SEO for mommy bloggers. So when you start a mommy blog, you just want to get on with it and talk about your experience as a young mom or as an older mom or a mom with twins or something to that effect. You want to share all of your important tips and tricks about pregnancy, going into labor, breastfeeding, colic, and getting sufficient sleep. Time is spent uh, talking about the first, second, and third tr trimester and what it entails, cures for cravings, and what you ate and what you didn't eat, um, getting a better night's sleep. Nothing is better than talking about all the mother and baby gadgets, from prams to nappies, cribs, uh, expressing breast milk, baby sleeping bags, um, everything you can think of in between. People, people keep talking about all different kinds of things, nursing gadgets, etc. These are all very important and they help you bond with your readers. However, what is most important is the user experience. So if you, if you wrote, for example, the perfect blog post about breastfeeding for moms, but your potential readers cannot find you when it, when you've you know, clicked the publish button and say after three months, nobody can find your, web, your blog post, then it absolutely defeats the purpose. Maybe some readers can find you via social media. So you, you put the blog post up, um, image for the blog post up on social media, Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, um, but they cannot find you in Google. So only your followers are able to see you or people on those particular platforms can see you, but nobody can find you in the Google search engines. Look at the SEO, SEO rules as a way to help your blog post be found in the search. There is no need to hate SEO. Just follow the rules and all will be well. And I've given you all of the rules already. And if it is you need to go and revisit them, 
check out the show notes. All the rules are there. All right. SEO is simpler than pregnancy. I really believe with all my heart that mommy bloggers could be bosses at optimizing their content for soup. Why? Because SEO is just a technical way for Google to relate with content and has many clear-cut rules that are simple to follow. Pregnancy, on the other hand, has so many complex elements. Every pregnancy is different. For example, my first baby was simple, straightforward process. I had him at home. My second pregnancy had so many possible complications and twists and everything that I had a special consultant that was in charge of my particular case. SEO is not like that at all, unless, of course, you try to outrank Google for the term Google, <laughs> which I don't think is possible. I'm not sure why we'd want to do that, but for mommy bloggers, SEO is a simple process. Choose a good keyword, follow the rules, and you will rank well. So the nine stages of pregnancy. Say what? <laughs> SEO and pregnancy both have nine stages. Well, I decided to present it in this way in order to help all of my lovely mommy bloggers to get their head around SEO. So here goes. I want you to imagine for a second that I have a table in front of you. And on this table, there are six columns. At the very top, uh, in terms of the head, head, headings for each column, for one, I have stage number. For the second one, I have pregnancy stage. Third one, I have pregnancy symptoms. The fourth one, I have family and friends. The fifth one, I've got SEO. And the sixth one, I've got the rest of the world. And to explain to you, stage, stage number is just a stage. Pregnancy stage is you know, what happens at that stage of the pregnancy process. Pregnancy symptoms is the things that you actually go through um, as a, as a um, woman in that process of getting pregnant. The family and friends is people who are around you and their reaction to your pregnancy. Uh, SEO is just um, th the process that happens in a blog post that it relates directly to your pregnancy process. And the world is what other people would see of your particular blog posts. So bear with me. It's really hard to explain on a podcast, but we will get through it nonetheless. So stage number, stage 001, pregnancy stage. You fall in love. So this is way before pregnancy. You fall in love with this guy or whoever. You fall in love. Um, pregnancy symptoms. You found the perfect father for your child uh, or children and you decide to do it. Friends and family. Your friends and family say, oh, I'm so happy for you. When's the wedding? Blah, 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 blah. Now, this directly relates to SEO in terms of this. You start a blog post and you found the you, you know exactly what your blog post is about. You're a mommy blogger and your focus is on whatever that is. Uh, say baby shoes or maybe not baby shoes, but just everything to do with mommy, being a mom. Okay. And then your very, very, very first blog post, you found the perfect keyword. You're gonna, you're, you, you have an idea of what you want to write about and you know what you're going to write for the next 10 blog posts. But for the very first blog post, you found your perfect play, a keyword. So notice the correlation here. You found a perfect father for your child or children. And in SEO world, in your blog post, you found the perfect keyword for your blog post. Woohoo! And it has all of the right user intent associated with this particular keyword. Now, what does the rest of the world think of your blog post? You haven't written it yet. You just found the keyword. So people in the world are not even aware that you have a blog yet. <laughs> and they're not even aware of anything related to your blog. Fine. Um, and the people in the rest of the world don't even know that you found the father for your, for your thing. Only your friends and family would know about it. So you see the correlation here. Next up is stage two. Stage two, you conceive. His sperm meets your egg and decided to do it. Of course, this is after the wedding. Um, in terms of your family and friends, so your family and friends are attended your wedding. They've, you've got a housewarming. This is already done. And they, they tease you about the pit patter of tiny feet. Stage two, when it comes to your blog post, 
you write the perfect blog post. You include your H1, H2, H3, and H4 tags, all the subheadings. You even include optimized images, charts, and other, other media. Well done. Now, what does the public think about a blog post? They don't know it yet, unless, well, they don't, they just don't know it exists. So it's the same with you. When you conceive a baby in your womb, someone who sees you the next day after you conceive, and you don't even know, most women don't even know exact, exactly the minute they conceive. They just, they just find out a few weeks later that they are pregnant. So when you conceive, nobody knows that you're pregnant. Your womb knows, obviously, but nobody knows. And it's the same with your blog posts. When you've written your blog posts, you found a keyword, you've written a blog post, nobody knows it exists. And it's the same concept then um, when you're looking at pregnancy. Stage one, you are now four to six weeks pregnant. Your baby's heart begins to form and it is now an embryo. Um, you're probably not even aware that you're pregnant yet. And if, if you are, no one else knows except probably the father of the baby. That's it. That's within four to six weeks. Most people don't know for sure yet if they're pregnant or not. Obviously, you have some anxious moms who have the um, the stick where they can check to see if they're pregnant or not. Ugh, you know, they're so anxious they need to know. But if you don't, I mean, if you, the first sign that you have that you're pregnant is if you miss a period, and if it's three weeks after you your last period, you wouldn't know. You just would not know. Okay. So you publish a blog post and you add it to, to your marketing campaign. And unless you pin your post to somewhere like Pinterest or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, nobody doesn't know it exists still in the world, the big wide world. When you just get pregnant, nobody knows. It's the same concept with SEO. It's all about driving awareness. Okay. Stage two. Eight weeks, you're eight weeks pregnant. The baby, your baby's major organs form along with external body structures. His or her umbilical cord is visible. It is now a fetus. Boom, boom. You have only told a few close friends and family that you're expecting. The wider world are not even aware that you're pregnant because you, you can't see. Unless, of course, you're Kim Kardashian, then everybody knows. <laughs> Depending on the importance of your blog post, you're probably still marketing it. Or maybe you've tired of, of, of um, campaigning for your blog post and you moved on to the next piece of content. In the meantime, it is bouncing around the search engine. So this is what happens in the world of SEO with your blog posts. When you've not made a concerted effort to get it to rank really quickly, it just sits there in the search engines. It could be on page four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But it's there. It's just hanging around there. Um, unless you've actually, I mean, you've taken the time to craft, make sure you have the, the perfect keyword that you can rank for straight away. Like it happened to me before, where I get key, where I get blog posts ranking for the keyword in less than a week. It does happen. And I know how to get that to happen for uh, most blog posts, if that's what I want to happen. But if it is, you haven't, you know, um, haven't gotten some sort of SEO expert to help you choose that perfect keyword, then it doesn't matter. It will just be sitting there in the search engines on page 10, page 9, somewhere there. Nobody knows it's there. And for the rest of the world, your followers are probably the only person aware of it. So you send out an email to your list, tell them this is, you just published this blog post and it's so exciting, whatever, whatever. Them, people on Facebook, people on Instagram, people on Pinterest maybe, but the rest of the world doesn't know it's there. Like you listening to me right now, I don't know what blog posts you've written because I probably can't find it in the search engine or maybe because I'm not looking for it. But unless, again, you're Kim Kardashian and say Kim Kardashian has a blog post and she wrote it and she clicked publish, then boom. <laughs> it's a big deal. People make videos out of it. Uh, yeah, you get the point I'm making. Stage three. 12 weeks, you're 12 weeks pregnant, your baby's nerves and muscle start working together. Your baby's eyelids close to protect its eyes. You start feeling tired, you may experience constipation, and you will most likely have cravings. Still, not a lot of people can tell just yet that you're pregnant. 
you may want to consider writing a guest post that is related to this particular blog, blog post that you've published, just to give it some juice to help it to rank in the search engines. Unless your blog post went viral, the broader population still isn't aware that it exists. Even if they're searching for your keyword, they wouldn't know. Now, like I said, it depends on the keyword that you choose. I can get blog posts to rank within a week, depending on the keyword I choose. Other times it can take months. It just depends. All right. So let's assume that this particular keyword that you've written the blog post on is not an easy one. It's sort of medium. Stage four, you're 16 weeks pregnant. Your baby's muscle and bone tissue develops, skin forms, and your baby also develops a sucking reflex. Oh no, your pregnancy is starting to show. It is probably time to go and do some clothes shopping, but you hate that nothing fits you anymore. Your male associates in the office or places that you hang out are not quite sure if you got fat or if you're actually pregnant, so they don't say anything at all. <laughs> I love it. Pregnancy can be so much fun. Your blog post continues to bounce around the search results because Google, what the Google does is it doesn't just, well, unless your blog post is just meaningless, it doesn't just stick on page nine or page 10. Every now and again, Google sort of rotates the results in the search engine, trying to find a settled place for your blog post. So sometimes it can be on page two or page seven, and you'd, you'd start noticing you're getting organic traffic coming into your blog post. If you've done the job well and followed the rules now, if you have any existing blog post and you didn't follow the rules, you're probably not getting any, any traffic at all. Just follow the rules, <coughs> excuse me, and you'll be fine. So your blog post is now moving steadily between pages two and seven. That's where it is. Because your blog post can sometimes be found in page, on page two, you will notice that you'd start getting a few clicks every month or every week, depending on how well you optimize your blog post page. Stage five. Okay, so you're now 20 weeks pregnant. Things starting to get a little bit... Mm. You've, you will feel that slight fluttering like a tadpole or a fish in your womb. You smile. Your baby is covered by fine hair called lan lanugo. Your baby's eyelashes and uh, eyebrows, toenails and fingernails form. You are restless, moody, baby-brained and you start nesting. <laughs> the lads at work still, can, still refuse to say anything just in case they're wrong about your pregnancy. All right, you may notice that your blog post is steadily on pages four and five. This is a good time to do some more internal linking depending on the importance of the blog post. Uh, if, especially if it's in a series. So if you're doing a series, like for example, I do a series of SEO. So I do four blog posts, one every week. That's a series. Um, or if you're not doing a series and you're, you're writing a blog post every week or two blog posts a week, then uh, at 20 weeks, you have at least probably a minimum of 20 blog posts. And what you want to do then is go back in on all of those blog posts and try and see if you can get internal links from the existing blog post that you've written to this blog post that you want to rank in the search engines. The world at large are starting to see your blog posts depending on your um, secondary keywords. If you chose them well, your blog post may rank on the first page for a long tail keyword rather than the primary one. Oh, we at stage six. We're almost there. The baby's almost born. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know, 24 weeks pregnant, your baby's bone marrow starts producing blood cells. Real hair starts growing on your baby's head. Are we there yet? <laughs> oh my goodness, time does seem to be moving slowly when you're pregnant. You really start to get the baby nursery ready in earnest. You're um, buying bits and pieces as you go. Everyone keeps asking, when are you due? Is the baby kicking? Do, do they have baby brain or what is going on with them? You already told them <laughs> when you're due. <laughs> Your blog post now hangs around the first, second, and third pages for your primary and secondary keywords. You may want to consider blog commenting to get things really moving. Another good idea is another guest post on a popular blog that will help move this blog post along. Your post may start getting uh, automatic backlinks. So people will start, especially if it's a good blog post, people will start saying, oh, this is a good one. I'm going to save it 
I'm going to put it in a bookmark. I'm going to put it on Tumblr. I'm going to put it on Reddit or whatever it is. People start um, linking to it because it's a really good piece of content that they want to reference. Um, that helps you climb in the soap. The organic traffic continues to increase. Stage seven. You're now 32 weeks pregnant. Your baby's bones are fully formed. Your baby starts a whole lot of kicking and jabbing. So exciting. <laughs> your baby starts storing vital minerals. It can open and close its eyes. You are so tired already. When it is baby, when is this baby going to come? Your nursery is almost ready. You start stocking up on disposable diapers. You even start receiving gifts from close relatives. Okay, in the blogging world, your blog post may appear on the page on page one for three of the seven secondary keywords. This is a good time to take another look at the blog post and check to see what um, can be done to increase on-page factors. There's a huge percentage of um, waiting in terms of the ranking of your blog posts. A lot of people think it's all about backlinks. Actually, it's not. I have lots of blog posts ranking on page one and it's nothing to do with backlinks. Okay, that is not necessarily 100% true. I get a lot of backlinks from Pinterest. <laughs> so when someone repins your post from Pinterest, that's a backlink to your post. But a lot of people think that you need thousands of black backlinks from uh, education sites and association sites and all of that just to get to page one that's not true i've um pages ranking uh in the search engines that don't have any of those things it's just plain links from social because backlinks from social is just a way of votes votes going towards your particular blog post all right um so where was i so check to see what you can do to increase on-page factors, like adding more relevant content, uh, answering more questions, adding a video or any sort of re relevant images, even adding a frequently asked question section on your blog post. So depending on, you know, if it is a really, 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 really difficult uh, keyword that you, like difficulties like 50 or 60 or 70, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's okay. You don't need to know that. <laughs> But just remember there that some keywords are more difficult to rank than the other. And if you use one of my, I have some keyword services available. So you can buy one of my SEO packs. I can get you keywords that aren't that difficult to rank. They are more like a 30 between 0 and 30. But later on 0, you probably want 20, between 20 and 30. Where the competition is uh, less. Anything about 50, forget it. It takes a lot of time to rank for those. So... What does the world see of your blog post? The organic traffic from the blog post increases slowly. One of your Pinterest pins may have taken off, bringing a lot of traffic from that particular channel. It's a good time to continue to make fresh pins for your blog post. So if you're using Pinterest as a way, uh, as one of your social media channels, very good way to get backlinks to your blog. All right, stage eight. Oh my goodness, we're almost there. This baby's coming. 36 weeks, your baby's body fat increases and moves, and it moves, its moves are less forceful. In general, your baby should weigh around 6 to 6.5 pounds. Your girlfriends are planning a baby shower for you and you're just so tired of waiting. Your feet, maybe, or even ankles um, will be swollen and your nights are restless as you cannot find a perfect sleeping position. Oh, in terms of your blog posts, it maybe now uh, at the top of the second page or the bottom of the first page of the primary of your primary keyword. Keep sharing your blog posts on social and continue to check uh, your on-page SEO efforts. Can other relevant posts link to that one? Organic traffic should be steady now, so you should be seeing it regularly. Maybe just two clicks a month, four clicks a month, or a week, five clicks a week, coming from organic traffic. Yay! Stage nine, woohoo! 37 to 40 weeks pregnant. Your baby is now full term and you should be head, and it should be head down in your womb. 
you should deliver the baby anytime soon and that baby will take its right, rightful place in this world. Everyone is waiting to hear the news. They keep asking again and again, when, is, when are you due? You are anxious that the baby will be late if it is your first baby or early if it is um, not your first baby, second, third, fourth. The baby's nursery is ready. <clears throat> you have a baby name shortlist already, so you know what names you're going to choose from. Your hospital bag is ready. You may experience a few fake label pains, which is normal. That beloved blog post of yours should be ranking on page one by now for the primary keyword as well as the other seven secondary keywords. If you did your keyword research correctly, or if you use one of my keyword research services, um, you should be reaping the rewards for your efforts. You did it. Throw a party with your girlfriends, even though they have no idea what SEO is all about. <laughs> Everyone is searching for your primary and secondary keywords. Can find it. Can find your blog post in the SERP. Good job for giving, not giving up, never giving up. And now it's time for another batch of keywords. Just when you thought it was ending, guess what? It starts all over again. So I want you to think for a second. As a blog, as a mommy blogger, you're going to have to go through this every time you're going to write a, a blog post. So won't it be easier if it is you can outsource some of this head-wrecking stuff for example a keyword research pack that would give you a primary keyword um, secondary keywords what you should write about images whatever it is you need so that when and research links so when it is that you can't time for you to write a blog post everything is right there you just go and you don't have to search around and spend time you can just knock out that blog post in a matter of an hour or two or even less depending on your knowledge on the topic all right. Ah, so not what next for mommy bloggers? The world of SEO is never-ending process where you attempt to rank one piece of content after the next, after the next, after the next. It's just a continuous loop of finding something to write about. I know there's lots of um, blog posts written about blog post ideas, but those are just ideas. Those are not keywords. What you want is solid keywords that will help you to rank for organic traffic because you need to diversify your traffic. You can't continue to pen, depend on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest alone. You need to, you know, have traffic coming in from different buckets. It involves keeping your existing first page rankings as well. So if you use, so in, in SEO, you have these things called white hat and black hat techniques. White hat techniques is the ones I use. I have been in a black hat world before. I did that. So I've been in the blogging world for about 10 years now. And I've used some black hat strategies before. Horrible. It's just terrible. Just forget about it. Trust me. Stay away from black hat as much as you possibly can. Stay well away from it. Use only white hat strategies because those are the ones that help you to sustain long-term rankings in the SERPs. So this is why larger companies, like enterprise-level companies, have a whole team of SEO experts to maintain those rankings. You see there are only 8 to 10 places in a search engine result page. If you have a one page, you type in best, um, breast, best, best, uh, breast feeding pumps or whatever you want to call them. It's only one page that comes up as a result. You don't have two pages where you can choose between the two pages. One, well, the 10 pages that come up is only one page that has the top 10, 8 to 10 results. And then very few, few people go over to page 2 unless they just cannot find what they're looking for. Therefore, it is a constant struggle to keep your rankings, especially in a more competitive market. However, for mommy bloggers, there isn't an ex extreme need to keep your rankings at all because it just stays there. You just need to have a ranking report automatically sent to you every single month so that you can check to see how you're ranking. If you plan to get as big as Huffington Post or HuffPost as they call themselves now, then you would need to implement a number of SEO strategies. The backbone to every single blog post ranking process is getting the right keyword. If the chosen keyword is no good, then you will not get the blog post to rank. 
In fact, the honest truth is that finding the perfect keyword can be probably the most complex part of the process because you keep wrecking your head. You might come up with an idea, oh, I can write about this. And many times it's a, com a very competitive keyword and will take you forever to rank. So maybe nine months. <laughs> so you want to be strategic when it comes to um, choosing a keyword. You can learn how to become a keyword expert if you'd like. I suggest you don't do that because, yeah, it just, it's a skill that you develop over time. The other option is just invest in a keyword research service, like the one that I offer. That way you will just get the keyword handed to you on a silver platter and you can just go off and write a blog post. Done and dusted. Would you like for someone else to do this for you? If yes, please check out the package uh, information in the show notes. So as you can see, getting a blog post to rank higher in, in Google search engine is a very simple process. If you follow the rules or the codes, to summarize, here are the steps that you have that I have already outlined so far in this episode. Find a solid primary keyword, get the corresponding LSI keywords, expand to secondary keywords as needed, write the blog post, optimize it to include H2, H3, H4. Um, tags. Include the keyword in your URL. Ensure that the keywords include uh, is included in the first 100 words of your blog post. Write a clickable meta description. Have the keyword density of 0.5% or less. Well, 0.5%. Let's see better that. Ensure the images are optimized for the keywords. Include the keyword in your um, title. So the title of your blog post, which is an H1 tag, link to other related um, posts on your blog. So while you're creating the blog post, you want to link to other related blog posts as well. You can do it after you click publish, but it's good to do it when you when you while you're writing it. Place keywords, um, place links from other blog posts to this new one after you click publish. So you can really link to the blog post from other. Um, blog post un until after you click the publish button. So just remember to go back and do that. Link to external um, reputable sources. So in my particular um, blog post, I link to Hoffington Post, which is a re reputable one, or you can also link things for places like Wikipedia or, you know, there are many others out there. Um, the higher your domain authority is, the easier it is to be able to rank for your particular keywords. And last but not least, use social media to get your initial backlinks. So places like uh, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Well, Instagram not so much because you can include one link in Instagram, but you get the idea. Links, backlinks actually help, um, especially for more difficult keywords, but for more simple ones. Like I said, I got blog posts around within a week so there were no backlinks there well maybe one or two but it wasn't showing up yet because the backlinks don't actually show up in the results within the first week it, it, it takes a while for those backlinks to be as google or as moz puts it discovered all right so i know that there will be some seo experts out there who would listen to this particular podcast or they will read my blog post about mommy bloggers seo for mommy bloggers and how it relates to pregnancy, and they would come back and they'd say, ah, she has no idea what she's talking about. SEO is much more complex than that. She forgot things like trust flow and citation flow and backlink waiting and many other things. Trust me. <laughs> in fact, you can look it up. Look me up in Samrush or in Moz. Look up my domain name and you would see I have a lot of posts that's ranking and a lot of them on pages two, three, four, five, six. I'm actually going through the process. I'm not telling you stuff that I did years ago. This is stuff that I'm doing today, right now. So no matter what other SEO experts say, the point is it's working for me and it can work for you too. And I'm not a mom blogger. I'm actually in a much more boring niche called marketing. <laughs> 
but I care about mommy bloggers because they always, every time I, I communicate with them, they always complain, SEO is so hard. And I can tell you guys, it's not hard. It's so easy. Okay, it's not so easy, but it's easier than you say it is. It's easier than pregnancy. <laughs> this is all you need to know for now. It is just the basics. You need to get started and see the results. Is that okay for you mommy bloggers? <laughs> Now, I am so anxious to find out if all of you mommy bloggers out there found this very, very helpful and you can relate it in some way or the other because you have experience of pregnancy and you can just see why it's important. Do you have any other pertinent questions that you'd like to ask me? Just leave a comment in the comment section of the show notes. All right. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast where you'll be the first to hear what's happening in the entrepreneurial and digital marketing world. That's my world. Your review of this particular podcast is vital to keeping it alive and running for the next 12 to 24 months. So please leave a review, a very positive review um, for us on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the, your favorite, favorite podcast players or directories. In case you miss it, check out the importance of affordable SEO packages. I've got a link to that in the show notes, as well as how to find profitable untapped niches untapped niche markets um, if you want to take advantage of some free traffic as well so while you're waiting for that blog post to rank in the search engines you can use pinterest to get some free traffic to your blog post while you're waiting uh, if you are a startup or small business and you need a, uh, to hire a virtual uh, hire a virtual assistant to complete tasks such as social media blogging keyword research Pinterest, uh, account management, anything like that. I've got packages available to take advantage of those. That is it for today. Again, I mentioned I have keyword research services available in the show notes. Have a look at what's available there. If you'd like to offload that to me, I'm happy to help you find amazing keywords. Until next time, that's it for today. Enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. Bye for now.